Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 1 At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a release. 2. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release that which he hath lent unto his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor and his brother, because the Lord's release hath been proclaimed. You can only be a slave for six years if you're in debt and you have to sell yourself and or your family members into slavery. After six years, your master has to release you on the seventh year. And this is a permanent release. You don't go back into slavery on the eighth year. You're just clean and free. You have a complete financial clean slate at that point. Isn't God wonderful that he only allows us to be in debt for so long and then after that we have a clean slate? And you don't see this in any other nation or country anywhere in the world ever in all of history. You don't see this except in God's law. So all those atheists who claim that God is unkind, they've never read his law. When you read his law, you see that his laws are far more gracious and kind than any other law that's ever been on the planet, including the American Constitution. The biblical law far surpasses our Constitution in kindness, fairness, and equity. God's law even prevents husbands from being cruel to their wives and their children. 3. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it, but whatsoever of thine is with thy brother thy hand shall release. For people who are not Israelites, they can remain in slavery until they've paid their debt. But for the Israelites, on the seventh year they're clean and free. They don't owe anybody anything. 4. Howbeit there shall be no needy among you, for the Lord will surely bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it. He's saying, if you obey my law, you won't have any of you who owe money. 5. If only thou diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all this commandment which I command thee this day. 6. For the Lord thy God will bless thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt rule over many nations, but they shall not rule over thee. The Israelites, they'll finance other nations and get interest in return, but the other nations won't finance them. Pretty, pretty glorious, isn't it? And that did happen when the Israelites were obeying in the beginning of King Solomon's kingdom. That was the case. But then when they went back into sin, then it all changed. 7. If there be among you a needy man, one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thy heart, nor shut thy hand from thy needy brother. Whenever a fellow Israelite is in need, you have to help them. And for Christians, we have the same rule in the New Testament. They always gave money on a weekly basis to the widows and the orphans. That was one of the main things that the church did. They didn't give all their money to the pastor. They gave their money to the widows and the orphans. And Jesus said, the world will know you by your love for each other. In churches, this gets misquoted all the time. Pastors are constantly saying that Jesus claimed the world will know you by your love, and he did not say that. He said, the world will know you by your love for each other. The false teaching in churches today is that we're supposed to give our resources to non-Christians. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good to help non-Christians. But the commandment is to help Christians first. And then the non-Christians will know that we're sincere. Because if we help them, but we don't help our own, then they know that we're fake Arola and that we're only helping them to manipulate them into joining the church. 
But when they see us helping each other, that's not fake because they see that we don't get anything from helping each other because we're already in the church. You see, the world understands what Jesus was talking about, but the Christians don't seem to understand it. They think that they can fool the world by throwing bones out, come to our carnival, come to our candy giveaway, come to our bingo thing. And the world knows what we're doing. They know that they're just getting thrown bones while meanwhile we're treating each other maliciously. We have poor people in our church who we don't take care of. So they know we're full of it. And that's why Jesus said, the world will know you by your love for each other, not your fake love for the world. 8. But thou shalt surely open thy hand unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. When you lend to a Christian, or in this case an Israelite, you're not allowed to take interest on the loan. They only have to pay you what you gave them. 9. Beware that there be not a base thought in thy heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy needy brother, and thou give him not, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin in thee. God is saying, if the year of release is next year, and your brother is poor this year, you can't say, No, I'm sorry, I can't give you anything, because I'll never get it back. You have to help your brother. You can't be evil and say, no, no, since next year is year release, you're going to have to wait two years, and then you can go in debt. Meanwhile, for the next two years, they starve. And God says, no way, you can't do that. You have to take care of them now, even though next year they'll get released. 10. Thou shalt surely give him, and thy heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God will bless thee in all thy work and in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. Now when it says, your heart shall not be grieved. It means don't give begrudgingly and angrily and say, well, I have to give this to you, don't I? Because this is the law. And be a hater. God says you give with joy. 11. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt surely open thy hand unto thy poor and needy brother in thy land. Notice how God isn't commanding them to help the poor who are not their brothers. It's perfectly good to help the poor who are not Christians. But if you only help the poor who are not Christians, you're a complete fake because you don't even love your own brother. Therefore, what you're doing for the world is just for show. This is how I interpreted it. It's never a sin to help a non-Christian, but we need to help our own first. And then what we have left over, we help the non-Christians. 12. If thy brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be sold unto thee, he shall serve thee six years, and in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. Now this means a maximum of six years, because if it's two years to the release year, they're only going to have to serve you two years. And if it's six months to the release year, they only have to serve you for six months. But they can only be a slave for a maximum of six years. 13. And when thou lettest him go free from thee, thou shalt not let him go empty. God is even saying, when your slave gets released, you have to give him enough to get started. 14. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock, and out of thy threshing floor, and out of thy winepress, of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, thou shalt give unto him. This is to help him have some time to gain employment before his food runs out. So you're going to give him animals, wine, and flour, enough to get him through until he gains employment. 15. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Therefore I command thee this thing today. The Israelites came out of slavery. Therefore, for the rest of eternity, 
they have to be good to every slave. And they came into a foreign land, which was Canaan. So for all of eternity, they have to remember and be good to every foreigner. You and I are the same. We also came out of bondage when we became born again. And so we have to be good to those who are still in bondage. And we are now in a foreign land. This planet is not forever. It's going to be destroyed. And our eternal home is a different home from where we live now. And so we have to be good to foreigners. 16. And it shall be if he say unto thee, I will not go out from thee, because he loveth thee in thy house, because he fareth well with thee. 17. Then thou shalt take an awl, and thrust it through his ear, and into the door, and he shall be thy bondman forever. And also unto thy bondwoman thou shalt do likewise. So if you have a slave who doesn't want to stop being your slave, they like being in service and they want to continue in your service because they love you, then you will put an earring in their ear and then that's a mark that they're your slave for life. 18. It shall not seem hard unto thee when thou lettest him go free from thee. For to the double of the hire of hireling hath he served thee six years, and the Lord thy God will bless thee in all that thou doest. When you let a slave free, don't begrudge and be angry about it. Be cheerful because he's more than paid his due and and be happy to see them go if they want to go. 19. All the firstling males that are born of thy herd and of thy flock, thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work with the firstling of thine ox, nor shear the firstling of thy flock. 20. Thou shalt eat it before the Lord thy God year by year in the place which the Lord shall choose, thou and thy household. They have to offer it to the Lord, but then they get to eat their portion. And the animal that gets offered cannot be made to do any work, and it can't be sheared. This represents Jesus Christ because he only worked for the Father. He never worked for the world. It's false when people claim that Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus was never a carpenter. He did not carry an earthly yoke. He was only a prophet. Father was a carpenter, and his father may or may not have shown him some things about carpentry, but that was never his profession. The only yoke he carried was the yoke of faith that his father gave him. And that's why Jesus tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He doesn't require us to jump through religious hoops or to have great worldly careers. He only requires us to obey him, sweet and simple. That's why they cannot yoke the animal they get sacrificed, because Jesus was never yoked to the world. And they can't cut the animal's hair, and this is similar to a Nazarite vow when you cannot cut your hair, because in the hair is the strength of faith, and Jesus had the strength of faith. And you notice that Jesus didn't have super short hair, and maybe someday I'll explain this later in a future podcast, but I believe that he started out with short hair at the beginning of his ministry, but that during the entire time of his ministry, he never got a haircut. And that was why he died with longer hair, which we all know to be a historical fact. There are eyewitnesses that Jesus had long hair, and the early depictions of him show his hair being longer. So they're not allowed to shear the animal that gets slain. 21. And if there be any blemish therein, lameness or blindness or any blemish whatsoever, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God, because a blemish represents sin, and Jesus was without sin. 22. Thou shalt eat it within thy gates, the unclean and the clean may eat it alike, as the gazelle and as the heart. So as long as the animal is clean, an unclean person can eat the animal. For instance, somebody who is lame or blind. 23. Only thou shalt not eat the blood thereof, thou shalt pour it out upon the ground as water. 
And that concludes Deuteronomy chapter 15.